making one positive influence in someone's life, even if it's a brief second, you don't know the impact that may have on their life. You don't know what people are going through. You have a choice where you can you can use your talents, you know, ability just to make someone better. And if you do that every day, the world's going to be a much better place. Welcome to the Good Around Us podcast. Here, we share stories of people doing good for others. I'm your host, Stephanie Keeley. Welcome back to the Good Around Us podcast. I'm thrilled to start season five. I will never get over the fact that I get to meet such beautiful humans doing unique and amazing things for people and communities. The lessons learned are shaping my life, and I hope yours as well. So here we go. Think of a really good teacher or mentor who built you up to believe that more is possible for you than you ever could have imagined. That's our guest today, one of those teachers you won't forget. Jamie Albritton is a national board certified music educator who works for the Jefferson County Public School System in Louisville, Kentucky. He holds a Bachelor of Music Education, a Master's in the Art of Teaching, Level 3 Earth Schulwerk Certification, as well as his Rank 1. He is currently in his 16th year of teaching and working with students from kindergarten through fifth grade. His story shows us all that music and teaching extends far beyond the classroom. Let's take a listen. It's really kind of funny how I... Uh... I, I came to it. So, um, you know, growing up, I didn't really get into music till probably like middle school, high school. Um, and so um, I had an amazing teacher that really got me into it uh, named Doug Van Fleet um, and just helped me love music. And so, um, you know, I played sports and I played music and just was really involved in high school. And so it was time to graduate. I had no idea what I really wanted to do. Um, and so I had um, opportunities for music scholarships. So I thought I really wanted to play. And so um, I went to the University of Louisville, studied with an amazing teacher named Dr. Tunnel. Um, and I got about two years into it. And it was very much like, okay, I enjoy playing, but I have no idea really what I want to do. What uh, instrument did you play? Trumpet was my main instrument then. Yeah. So I played trumpet. And so I was playing and, you know, six, seven different groups. So I was in like orchestras, jazz bands, uh, symphonic bands, brass quintets. So just playing all the time, which if that was going to be my career, um, I was getting a really good taste of it, you know, at, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, and so I was like, but I knew like, um, you know, I, I dated my wife all through college. Um, and so, you know, we were engaged. I knew I wanted to get married and, and I knew I wanted kids, but I was like, man, this is a, I don't know if this lifestyle is going to jive. Like, Yeah. How do you do family with that kind of schedule? It's, it's hard. So um, I really wasn't sure. So about halfway through um, I was a performance major. And so about halfway through, I was like, okay, it was a little bit of burnout, but I was like, okay, I gotta do something. I know I love music, but I have no idea. Um, and a, a friend of mine was like, Hey, you should, you should think about teaching. And I was like, that was the last thing I, I never, ever would have pictured myself as a, as a music educator. 
Um, and so he's like, look, you've done almost all the coursework. Just, you know, it's not that big of a difference. And so he talked me into going and just kind of volunteering and shadowing at some schools. Um, and so that kind of got my foot in the door. And I've always enjoyed, I love kids. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a dad and have my own kids. Um, and so little by little, I started getting into it. And then, you know, I figured out, it's like, oh, my God, I love this. Especially when I got to kind of, I got, I had some really great mentor teachers who really showed me, you know, you can, you can make it your own. It doesn't have to be the experiences you had, you know, with either teachers, you know, growing up. Um, Cause I, I think we all have that perception of, well, that's the way I did it, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, so there was great things I had growing up, but then there were some stuff I was like, I totally changed that. So once I realized I could kind of do me, which is, I mean, to be honest, it's really quirky. And like you said, outside the box, um, that really opened up a lot of doors and that's, that's how I fell in love with teaching. So I've been doing it now 16 years. I have to think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you teach elementary school students. I do K through five. So I'm at Norton elementary in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So, yeah. What do you think it is about that age that makes it so special? So my, it's weird. My certification was K through 12 and, um, I was really torn because I, I student taught and worked at all levels. So did elementary and I did high school and did middle school. Um, I knew I was not cut out for middle school. Uh, there's a special place uh, in life and middle school teachers do not get the praise they need for teaching <laughs> middle school because that is a whole nother world. It um, takes a special person it, with a unique does. set of talents to, it, to work it, in that. It group. does. They are miracle workers for sure. Um so I love the interaction with high schoolers, um, just where they are, you know, developmentally and like they're really getting ready to go off into life. And so I love that. But there was something about kindergartners and, you know, fifth graders and that that whole dynamic K through five. They just fascinate me. And it was really just this their their mindset on life. I could go into a room full of adults and say, who in here can play a song or sing a song or, you know, play a piano. Um, and I could have a room full of a hundred adults, many of them who probably did music at some point in their life. And you'll maybe get like two hands raised in a room full of kindergartners. You say who in here can play the piano and every single hand will raise like, Oh, I play the piano. And it's, it's just their perception of what, you know, what the value of it you know, is in it and like that they can do it. So like, that that perception, I was like, oh, I got to work with this because that that's where it could be fun. Um, yeah. So it's just a really the world genuine... hasn't told them they can't yet. Right, right. I mean, so it's like if I can tap into that and teach kids to keep that mentality as long as possible, that's gonna be fun. So yeah, yeah, that's what I do now. I love that. That's so funny because I I have a little keyboard in my room because when I was younger I played piano, but really basically self-taught and I want to get back into it. And so I thought, well, maybe if I put this keyboard up and so sometimes I'll play it and I have two young kids and they'll be like, no, 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 my turn. And they play it and they're just smashing yeah. keys, but they, they're like, I'm doing it. Like oh, I'm, no I'm playing the, yeah. and they think, you know, they're like, they don't think what I'm doing is any better than what they're doing. Oh yeah. It's, and I love that. It's, it's that mindset, right? So one of the things I used to do, um, you know, pre COVID and everything, like, one of my old schools, I used to, um, we were like on a five day schedule. And so on the fifth day, I would always do a performance day. 
and I would invite parents in, but I would never tell them that the real goal was their kids were going to perform whatever it was they created or learned in, in class on instruments, or whatever. But the goal was for have the students to teach the parents what they, what it was. So it was like, I mean, they, <laughs> parents would flip out. They're like, Oh no, 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 I can't, I can't. I can't. Do this. That's like, I was like, a nine-year-old class of nine-year-olds just did something. You're telling me you can't do it. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you're going to do it. So like, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's fun doing that, you know, and seeing parents like say, oh, maybe I can't do that. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So tell us about Lila. You've got a student who is now famous. She's got a record deal. What's the story yeah. there? So um, I, I do a lot of really, like you said, outside the box projects. So um you know, I've done units where we did um, studied like rap and hip hop and we did rap rap battles and and, you know, because a lot of kids are really into Hamilton. And so I'm, I'm very big on following kids and meeting them where they are. And that includes, you know, using popular music, the music they listen to, um, you know, like folk tunes are great. And the hot cross buns has a purpose on the recorder, but for me and what I see the students I teach, it's like, you know, I want them to use music throughout their life. And, you know, I always joke, you know, with friends in my neighborhood, they're like, oh, I learned the recorder and I, I don't use it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't anticipate you playing hot cross buns in your you know, 40s just for fun. So I did this big project where um, we did songwriting. So um, like a lot of my students, we do, um, you know, I've got xylophones, drums, and I do a lot of stuff with that with younger kids using offshore method and then i've started using ukulele and i use uh, i've got a modern band where i do like a kids rock band and so i really try to tap into that so we were using uh ukuleles and they're learning you know kind of to do covers and i was like okay we got to take this one step further and we started doing a songwriting unit and so i did well, i can't we, imagine so these are yeah third, I mean, third fourth and fifth graders they all did and they're they're writing songs yeah so it's it's funny like so like i always tell them it's like when we started it you know one of the things i tell my kids i tell my own kids i tell all my students every year i tell them what i'm gonna treat you every student i've ever taught currently teach or ever will teach i will treat you and love you like you're my own kids and, and i was like i tell them i 100 mean it and the, the biggest thing i tell my own kids is that whatever you do have fun in what you do but you also have to give it your best and like you're it's okay like your best at something can be very different from someone around you so don't ever compare yourself to someone else you just have to be the best for yourself and so you know when i when i started this this project i mean there was a handful that were really excited but the majority was probably terrified nervous, um, yeah and nervous and so but the thing i really try to cultivate in my classroom is like is this environment where it's okay to take risk um, and to be vulnerable. And, you know, cause I'll do it with kids. Like sometimes I, they don't know this, but like I will purposely, and I always tell them like, I will purpose, they don't know it, but I'll purposely fail in front of them. Cause I think it's important for them to see it. Cause I, I mean, I know as a kid, you look to adults and teachers, they know all the answers. Like they're perfect. They know everything. Right. But it's important for them to see if they ask me something, I don't know just being genuine be like, I really don't know. I don't know how to play that. Or I don't know how to do that. Maybe we could figure it out. And so as we started doing songwriting, it was just breaking it down to like the most simple steps. Cause I mean, a lot of what I'll do with kids is process. Cause 
success breeds success, right? So if you can, mm -hmm. you know, if they're thinking of, I've got to write this whole song, like that's a really big task. Um, where if you break it down into little pieces of like, okay, we're just going to figure out one lyric, you know, or maybe you don't even write a lyric. Maybe you just hum something. And so I gave them all these different tools from whether they wanted to play it on ukulele, whether they wanted to use um, like backing tracks. Like there's tons of stuff on YouTube where it's just um, like unfinished songs. So oh, there's, okay. a, there's a bridge and a chorus and you, there's thousands of them. Um, to using GarageBand and doing chord sequences and walk them through like, you know, what sound are you looking for? And so, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, Paul McCartney was famous for, you know, writing uh, Yesterday. And, and the story is like when he wrote it, he, those weren't the words. He just had this melody. And I told him everyone writes music differently. And so the way he remembered the melody was he would just sing scrambled eggs. Oh, my lady, I love scrambled eggs. That was the beginning of like one of the most iconic songs ever right yesterday and so you know i'll tell him that story and i'm like just just try it and i was like you know this song is for you you don't have to share it but if you want to that is there's a space for it and we will totally do it and so you know they're working and they're and, and some kids were like you know chomping at the bit to share others were really shy and i would tell them i was like you can sing about anything you want but the only thing is you have to have something to sing about right and so i always made the joke it's like I, I get a lot of you love taylor swift but you all have not had breakups so you can't write a breakup song in the style of taylor swift now you can sing like taylor swift if you want that's great and so you know so i had it really surprised me because you know i use a lot of humor in my classroom because i mean there's something that's um that can get people to put their guard down right if you're mm -hmm. laughing um you know there's just there's just an extra like safety layer right that you get yeah. and so you know I would make up silly songs on the spot and sing them and then you know I would maybe sing a serious song or whatever and so as they started writing songs um you know I had kids who were writing like really deep serious songs like and it it, it floored me like I was just I wasn't I wasn't prepared for it but then I had students who were writing like just playful songs. So um, I had this student named Lila and she, um, she asked me, she's like, I like mac and cheese. Can I sing about mac and cheese? And I was like, sing your song. You can sing whatever you want to sing. So she, she wrote this song about mac and cheese. And so we, it came time to share and she was sharing it. And then what I do with all my students is a lot of them, I'll videotape it. Um, and I'll put it on like tw my Twitter account and, um, so like, you know, there's a student who sang a song in the style of Taylor Swift. I was like, I'm going to send it to Taylor Swift. And like, you're sending it to Taylor Swift? I was like, well, yeah, we're going to tweet it to her. You know, maybe she sees it. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Um, and so I did that with a ton of kids. So like parents could see what they're doing because there's a lot of value in what they were doing. Um, so long story short with Lila, she sang about mac and cheese. And I was like, hey, is it okay? Can I tweet this to Kraft? And they were like, She's like, yeah, I think that, that's going to be so cool. And and so we kind of joked. I was like, maybe they'll use it for a commercial because it it's so, I mean, it's so catchy. Like my own. It's so the, catchy. The school would sing it. My own kids were singing it. Pasta plus cheese equals mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. And so um, Kraft reached I out. Um, and they were like, 
you know, it was kind of joking on Twitter back and forth. They're like, Hey, who's your agent? And I was like, well, you know, I'm her teacher, but you know, I can help, you know? And so they were, they were for real. So they, um, they did this whole campaign where they wanted to um, Mac, Mac, like, or make Mac Lila famous. And so it was, <laughs> it was like a two month, two and a half month process of us going back and forth. And we, um, and this is behind the scenes, like Lila doesn't had, know. She had no idea. So it was you're almost, talking to Kraft and her parents. Oh and... yeah, we're, like I'm on a phone. Like I would Zoom calls with like their like a marketing team in Chicago, and then there was like there was one meeting where we had like um, lawyers from our school district, like a law firm from like New York, and a PR mark. I mean, it was just crazy. So they're trying to figure out all the you know legality of stuff with the yeah. You um, and so they ended up coming with the idea. They're like, we want to fly in and surprise her. And so we worked it out where we surprised her at her house. So she had no idea. Like her dad told her that like the basement flooded or something. And it was some, it, he had this, it was a perfect ruse. So we're in front of her house and she doesn't know. And so like we had like all the media there. So there's like paparazzi that decorated it. Oh, and wow. so ring the doorbell, she came out, she came out and then there's a stretch limo. Um, so they did this whole like media blitz with her. We went to a, a professional recording studio downtown um, and recorded, we recorded her single. And so then they, uh, they licensed it. It's on uh, st- all streaming services, I think. So like Amazon, um, iTunes, Spotify, it's on there. Um, so it's, that's yeah. awesome. We'll, we'll link it here so everyone can hear. Yeah. Be careful. It'll get second year. So that's, a <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I- <laughs> Was she floored? Yeah, like, and she was such a cool kid because she was, I mean, she's in third grade. And, you know, the, the marketing team asked me, like, can this kid handle it? Because that's a lot. Like, right. To be surprised, right? I was like, oh, yeah, she'll be, I was like, just knowing her personality and how much she would do it in class, I was like, she's, she'll be amazing. And she did. I mean, like, even at the studio, it's, it's funny. It kind of goes back to, like, kids don't know any better, right? Like they don't have that perception of, uh, you know, I gotta get this perfect, or they're just kids being kids. So we went in the recording studio. I mean, I mean, I've been in the recording studio with friends. I was, like the number of takes you can do on something is insane, just to get it how they want it. I mean, she did it in I think three takes. Like wow. and it was, and then they were doing some marketing stuff, and she was just a natural. She was just being a kid. Like this yeah. is insane. We work with adults, so we don't. It takes way longer. And I was like, yep. It's the it's the beauty of kids. They don't they don't know any better, right? They don't overthink it. No. They just put their heart out there and do it, which is usually yep. the best. One hundred percent. So, are you playing the ukulele in that song? Is that you? So I, yeah, it's me playing ukulele on it. Yeah. So we set the studio, and then I played it for her, and then yeah. Oh, uh-huh. that's special. You'll never yeah. forget that one. No, no. It's <laughs> I mean, there's so many just random stories like that with kids. It's just been. That whole that whole project. I mean, there was other kids where I think I told you the story. There was another student, um, super shy, and, and mm-hmm. she didn't want to share her work with me. But I knew she was working, so I was like, okay, you just you know you got to turn in the lyrics or something at the end. I'm okay with that. And the very last day, um, she got up to share, and and she wrote this song about um, struck. It was almost kind of like struggling to be yourself, but just having like faith in yourself and not being, you know worried about what the world sees you as i mean it was, it was deep it was just this most profound and it was the most 
beautiful song. Like the whole class is in tears, crying, you know. And so they're like, you got to do this again. Like your teachers have to see this. And they came down, teachers came down, principal came down. And, you know, she's shaking like a leaf at first. And, and then because she's never had any. She's shy. Shy. Like, you know, she. And so she did it twice in front of everyone. Did it the second time. Roomfuls. I mean, I'm talking fifth grade boys. Fifth grade boys are too cool for school most times. They're in tears like, this is amazing. I hear all the whispers and getting even louder. But they can't get inside myself. No, they can't get inside. And so you see that that power of what music can be, right? Not only for her in that moment of being vulnerable and then taking this risk and then getting this huge reward out of it. Like she got done mm-hmm. and she was like, that was the most amazing like, feeling ever. Like that was awesome. But then also you see what the power of this of a child that wrote a song, what it, it had this effect on a oh, whole class of other people, right? Because you never empathy know. And, and yeah. that's like, that's the bigger lesson, right? Like it's great if they can do this, but that's that's the bigger thing. That's, that's I tell my own kids the whole time. You never know. You know, everyone has a choice in life to make the actions, right? And it's kind of the way I am. I, I'm constantly joking around with people, and I tell my kids, you making one positive influence in someone's life, even if it's a brief second, you don't know the impact that may have on their life. You don't know what people are going through. Um, and so you have a choice where you can, you can use your talents, you know, ability just to make someone better. If you do that every day, the world's going to be a much better place. Right. And so, um, so yeah, she, I mean, shortly after her and, you know, all these other kids, they started songwriting groups, you know, they'd be at recess and groups with like notebooks, just writing songs. Um, And this is the student who was so shy and yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It's it's insane. Like it's it's and fun. Like, that could be a turning point for her. You know, um, there are lots of people who are shy, but then deep down they just they want to come out of that shell and they right. want to, you know, shine. And that might have been the band-aid that had to like come off to allow for that, that it's, blossoming. And it's 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 cool because like, you know, I love my job, but it's like I don't it's you've got to, I've got to wait to see the the long reward, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's great. Cause I get this really cool glimpse of where these kiddos are, you know, from the ages of, you know, six to, you know, 10, 11, 12, whenever they go into middle school. Um, but you don't know what they're, what they're going to be in life or how they, but you, you, you have a really good idea. You see the genuineness and you see the good in all these kids. And so it was like just the other week, um, I ran into a family, I taught their whole family and they're all, they're all pretty much grown. She can really go to college. And she was just telling me like how much my class impacted her where she is now. And with stuff, it was stuff like this. I never, I never noticed it. Right. I knew she had fun and she enjoyed what she did. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't about, you know, the content of like, she knows what a quarter note is or this or that. It was that those interactions and those moments of making music with friends and, and just doing all this stuff that it's just like, that, that helped me out a lot, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah. I think I do think music and especially when you can really experience it and um be a part of it, engage with music. Mm-hmm. I think it is one of the most powerful outlets. Yeah. I tell my it kids did, it made a world of difference for me. You know, yeah. I think about like, I was one of those shy kids and I really got involved in music. Um, it's a little older. I mean, I guess fifth grade. Yeah. Sixth grade, yeah. but, and on, then it became a really big part of my life. And that performance aspect was so big because I mean, I can't imagine having a podcast right. for free, right. <laughs> like, right. like what I could do that. Like, can, could I be on the today? Like, the Today Show, like, could I do, I started imagining all those things because then I finally got the confidence to use my voice or be a part of what the magic of performance and people working together to make music. I just think it is so powerful. I mean, you you touched on two things that are really important to me. Like, I do believe that music has the power to heal, right? Yeah. Um, And how, how much we use it, you know, and I tell my students all the time, like, I know there's certain music I tend to listen to depending on the mood I'm in and it literally can help me feel better it can help me get through something um and you think about it as like you think about all the places we use music you go to a basketball game or a football game they use music for a reason to channel your emotions to bring you up to bring you down like um at the supermarket like it's there we're always using it and it affects us so if you can find ways to use it for yourself but the other thing you mentioned is the confidence it gives you right and that's, I mean, that's why, that's what I'm trying to teach all my students, um, you know, and it's like, you know, I can reflect in my life and there's, you know, four main people that are huge that have changed me and helped make me who I am for so many different reasons. But that one underlying thing in all of them, and I, and I challenge everyone's listening to this to do this, like really think about the most influential people in your life. And I really believe the biggest thing that is common in probably all of them is that they they empower you with this belief um, that you, to be better than what you maybe see yourself as, right? And they they lead you to take a risk and to get that reward for yourself. And I've had I've been lucky enough to have some really important people in my life that have led me to that. Where it's like, you know, one of one of my first teachers um, once I really started teaching elementary. His name is Brian Crisp. He's a he's a dear friend of mine. But he saw way more in me as a teacher than I saw myself at that time. And the way he would teach me and build me up and and keep mentoring me, you know, shaped me to the teacher I am today and to take those risks. And just yeah. it's, it's just building that confidence, right? Yeah. It's just pushing us further. So, Gosh, there's so much value in those good teachers. I mean, they're cha- truly changing the world and changing individuals' worlds, which I mean, that's, that's what makes this whole thing work, you know, that, you know, as individuals, we can just, you know, be better and, and come alive and come into our own. And I do believe that teachers and mentors are usually the ones who are those turning points. Those, Mm -hmm. when you think back and do that assignment, you just gave us of like, think back on it. It it usually is someone who was serving in in a teaching or mentoring role in your life. And and you know, like it's, 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 there's definitely more value if you really, really reflect on it, but there's everyone's listening. If I say, think of one teacher, then back to the most impact. It's like, it's instant. Right. And it's, it's a rush of feeling and it's a rush of gratitude and value. And it's like, 
But if you really stop and reflect and reflect on all the times you've been with them, you'll, you know, it can become so clear. It's like, wow, I thought they were doing this, but really Mm -hmm. this is what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Even the grumpy ones thinking about a grumpy dance teacher. I have, I'm like, Oh, she was such a big part of my life. And I did learn so much from her. That really tough math teacher who like pushed you and, and turns out you actually could do it at the end, but that mattered too. It's like one of, one of my really good running, I run a lot. One of my really good running friends, you know, we, we joke, it's like, but the motto now is, it's like, we do hard things. Right. And so I use that with my kids all the time. It's like, yeah, it's hard. That's okay. But we're going to do hard things. Like, and that's, that's what life is. Like, it's just a Mm -hmm. series of hard things, but it's just staying on it and having that belief in yourself to keep going. And then you get that reward. If you get over one hard thing, you just keep moving along. Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, a coach um, in a video say, uh, you know, like it never gets easy. And if you're looking at other people saying, well, it's easier for them. It's not easier for them. It's that you get better at doing hard things. Mm-hmm. You just keep it. It's still hard. You just get better at doing hard things. Yep. And then the next thing comes and it's hard, but you do it and you just it's, keep getting better at doing hard things. It's like I tell everyone, you just keep showing up. That's keep the secret. Up. Yeah. Like, What's yeah. the secret sauce? Keep showing up. So you mentioned running and I know that's a big part of your life, but it seems like you're doing a lot of teaching and mentoring through that, um, avenue as well. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny how I I got into running in the last, you know, six years. Um, my, my youngest son, um, was he, he started doing cross country when he was in like second grade and, I had just become really lazy. Uh, I was overweight and it was just, you know, I had three boys. I taught and it was just, that's what it yeah, was. Life's busy. It's just, it was it sometimes was, there are phases where it's hard yep. to, and, to do much more than just And survive. it was really easy to give in to the excuse, right? It's like, well, I'm busy. Yeah, like, yeah it's fine. And so um, the his coach, who's a dear friend of mine, his name's Mike Corfitch, Um He was like, man, you you're at this practice anyway, just start moving around some. I was like, okay. And, and so it was, he was one of those people. I didn't realize the lessons he teaches people, but he just teaches it by doing it. And, and so little by little, I started running and I started getting in better shape, but it was, there was just, I was finding a different value in it. Right. And so it really started to change my life. Cause I'll, I'll run, you know, I run all the time. I'll get up and run it. 30 in the morning if that's when I've got to run but it it's it, there's a piece in it where it's almost like meditative and that's where I can really reflect and clear my mind but what it's led me it's like I was telling you earlier it's like I've figured out that if I want to be the best version for my family and my kids and my students and everyone else if I'm not being the best version of myself I can't be the best version for all those other people and so that's really kind of what it's taught me. Like you've got to show up. It's okay to do hard things. You've got to put in the work, but it's in that constant struggle of just doing it. That makes us better. Um, so it's, 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 it's been, it's, it's been a wild ride, but yeah, I love running and um, you know, I got run out with my kids. Like I ran this morning with my oldest son. Um, I'll show up at practices. If I'm at the park, I'm constantly, 
you know, cheering on people. Um, I'm almost probably borderline annoying because I'll pass people and I'm like, you're doing awesome, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, they don't, they don't know me, but it's, it's funny. My, my, my oldest son will run at the park and he's like, you know, this person, I was like, yeah, I know this one. And then we'll run past somebody. And say, you know, this one, I was like, nope, I'm still going to talk to him. Um, and, you know, that's just, again, that's, we have a moment in every day to make people better. Um, and I, my wife, she's, she gets annoyed with it. She doesn't go to Target at other places with me anymore because um, <laughs> I, I talk too much, um, you know, because it's, you know, like we'll be checking out at Target and I'll see the the cashier's name. And if it's, you know, Casey, I'll be like, Casey, how you doing? And they it always catches them by surprise. Like, mm-hmm. wait, do I know you? I was like, no, but your name's Casey. I'm like, how's your day going? You know, um, but if you can make them smile, and it's like, I tell my kids if they smiled for a minute, maybe they're having a really rough day. They won't, they may not remember me, but they may remember how they felt in that moment. And that can make a difference. And I don't know, but it, it cost me nothing. Yeah. And it took no energy or effort for me to do that. Yeah. And so yeah, that's kind of how I am. So I love that. Well, you give a lot to others and you pass on a lot of goodness and oh my gosh, what you're doing for your students and this experiential music work at such a young age is just Amazing. And I'm curious, you know, I know you, it, you you do this with such a genuine heart, but I'm curious what, what it feels like for you. It's got to feel good. I mean, it's got to, you've got to get something back from all this, right? I mean, it's, it's just so rewarding in the value of seeing kids when they have that moment of like belief in themselves or that, that intrinsic value of like, Oh, I did this right. Like, um, you know, I've had just even that, like in that songwriting process. Like, there was they're on my Twitter account. There's tons of videos, and if you listen to them, it's just, I mean, for a, a student to get up and sing something and be vulnerable, you know, like I had, I had a student sing about um, losing a parent. You know, mm. I had a student sing about, you know. Um, like just really heavy stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know if I would do that take that risk. Right. Like, like that, I would, that would be really hard for me to put something out there like that, but they're doing it. So it's like, uh, it just, I don't know. It's just, there's so much value in that. And it's so rewarding when you see a, a kid have that moment, you know, from standing up there, just sh- literally shaking. And then they did it. And I'm like, well, what'd you think? And they're like, that was awesome like that that was the coolest thing I've ever done I'm like that's awesome you did it that was all you that was your work that was that was from your hard work that was from you being honest and true with yourself and putting it out there and so yeah it's just so every every day is a surprise for me that's that's the that's the nice thing about what I get to do um you know I I know what I'm gonna teach or what I'm what lesson's gonna come across but every class looks very different I mean it in uh, they the kids really dictate where we go um we may have the same starting point but it may go in 47 different directions and it's just that's it's a fun ride i'm just i'm very fortunate to get to do it you know for my job um that's kind of like that saying you never was it you never uh if you do what you love you never work a day in your life right mm-hmm. um i mean that's that's pretty much every day i go to work you know it's like I know it's going to be fun and I know I'm going to make a difference. And so it's like, all right, 
I get to do this. It's awesome. So still doing it. Got to do it a long time. <laughs> That's right. Well, lucky you to to have that environment and to be able to teach in that way. And also so lucky of these decades of students who are crossing your path. Yeah, it's great. Like it's, we counted it up the other day and I, and it was one of those, it was when I was meeting with the former student. She was like, you know, how many students have you had or how many students have you impacted? And I was like, well, I don't know. And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I taught, you know, this school district, you know, for this number of years. And I had, cause you know, my school now I have like 760 students. Um, and so, yeah. right. So it's like, you start doing the math. It's like, I've probably taught like over 5,000 students. Yeah. Um, which it's like well over yeah yeah that's a yeah. lot it's crazy um, and if you're like me and believe in that ripple effect of goodness then the impact is much wider oh 100 percent, 100 and it's yeah. it's fun whenever i get to see or hear from students way down the road you know yeah um yeah it's just that's that's the cool part so yeah well thank you so much jamie for coming you're on welcome. and sharing your story and all these just oh just music to my ears. It's just beautiful what you have done and continue to do. And I'm excited to see what comes from that Twitter account during the school year. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. We're, <laughs> we've got a couple of random ideas and stuff they're wanting to do. So we'll see what, what turns up. So. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Oh gosh, that was great. I don't know. I don't even know where to start with that. That uh, Jamie is a delight and we should all be so lucky to have a teacher like him who's just going in with the energy and the creativity and creating the safest of spaces for young kids to express themselves and be who they are and, and get these opportunities for growth. Wow, that's amazing. It really reminded me, you know, as I'm sitting here in this first episode of this season, it just reminded me of where we started with this podcast. And that was the quote from Margaret Mead, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Keep listening to us with the Good Around Us podcast. I'm so excited about this season. We're going to start doing every other week, um, dropping new episodes. I think that'll help us get, stay consistent and keep getting these amazing stories to share with you. Um, you can follow along on Instagram at good.aroundus. And if you're interested in getting a bi-monthly newsletter, go to my website, thegoodatwork.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter there. If you liked this episode, and I sure hope you did, go to Apple Podcasts and make sure to give us a rating and a review. Those reviews help so much in making sure that others find these good stories as well. Thanks for listening to the Good Around Us podcast. Until next time.